A Christian mind is not one that is trained to think only about Christian topics. It is a mind that has learned to think about everything from a Christian perspective. Christianity provides a comprehensive view of the world. Christianity is a worldview. Worldviews are the grids. They are the lenses through which we frame all of reality. Hello everyone, you're listening to episode 45 of the Black Viria podcast. Book, book, book. Or Latina Viria for um, its most purposes. You'll find out more later on, I'm sure. You'll find out why later on. Oh my. And this episode really like that. is our final episode wow, 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 for wow, this wow. series. I don't know why we're still doing is series, but this part of the year. Season? Series. Which one, which one oh, do you use? For this use, season. Use season, right? For use season. For this season. Um, we'll have yeah. a break for like a month and a half. Um, yeah. And give you something in the meantime we'll talk about that later as well mm. um but yeah on this episode we're gonna cover a segment with our brother israel because he's going to america yeah, so yeah, yeah. we're recording this what s- nine days before you go to eight days nine days yeah. nine days yeah, before you go yeah. to america so this will be your I last really one you took some maths basically yeah. um so, so yeah by the time you guys hear this He'll be out there. No, no, nah, nah. they'll, they'll hear it nine hear it. days before I fly out. Yeah, they'll hear it in two days' time. Yeah. Oh wow. So yeah, we're recording on a Monday. This. Yeah, that's yeah, just tell them. Random will hear yeah. this whole yeah, scene. Yeah, yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah. Still say your last goodbyes before yeah, yeah. he goes to America. Yeah. But no, we, Israel. Th- we thought it'd be a good, good way to get to know you better. Kind of a little mm. tribute. Um, mm. definitely I appreciate that. One of the members of the Black Berea Gang Squad, uh, loved by many um keller count and all that <laughs> so no so we've got a couple <laughs> questions to get to know you but before we couple. start how's everyone been so i've been a bit sad actually because um serena jamika williams lost oh, wimbledon i'm a big fan so of her mm. she lost in 56 minutes that was really that really mm. and then yesterday my beloved national team nigeria lost uh 2-1 to algeria yeah I saw that sad well. weekend for sports <laughs> 95 mm. minutes in it was so i was with my uncles yeah. as well and like bare nigerian kids everyone's excited and mm. then yeah just loads of screaming yeah. i ain't gonna lie i was part of rf gang as well man what's oh. rf gang oh roger federer yeah. oh yeah i forgot yeah. about roger federer yeah. I've, i i knew Djokovic. Pseudo black yeah i knew Djokovic would get it as well yeah. but no it's yeah. been it's been how you guys been yeah yeah it's uh i've been good i've been good mm. I, I guess kids yeah because you kids. haven't actually I've, mentioned the fact that you've had yeah so i've got my second Woo! daughter's been born um she's mm. now just about turning eight weeks tomorrow wow um and so mm. she's got jabs tomorrow so she's mm-hmm. gonna that's that's gonna be interesting it's you know there are things you just don't think about yeah I never, like like as in, in all the things that i think about that comes with a newborn i just never you never remember think about oh, you said it now jabs. i'm like oh yeah right yeah right. and they get oh fevers and they get really yeah how has it been like has it been like a massive difference between having your first child and having your second child in terms of like what's required because now yeah yeah it it does it does it's had a, it's had quite a drastic effect i think i think people say that having like the third and fourth onwards is is quite similar but mm-hmm. like it's not too it's not too different but the first to second is still quite a jump because mm. you know right now we have for example sleep you have one child who wakes up throughout the night you have one who wakes up really early um <sighs> sleep is a myth. when it comes to going out like you generally keep one child with you at all times. Mm. Before we used to like one parent would look after one child, but now 
like when you're out together or whatever, you're always looking after at least one kind of thing. Yeah. Um, it's, just, it's just, it's just, there's all those kind of little differences. And, and to be honest, like just being alone with them both at the same time is a lot harder than being alone mm. with just one. Um, yeah. They can both be crying. I remember I looked after them both for two days in a row by myself. Um, Like my wife was busy, but I just remember like first day, like the older one, we'll potty train the older one. She pooed on the couch and she pooed on me. And I was like, this is a joke. And then she pooed on the floor. <laughs> Um, and then the second one, like the following day, like I was carrying her. Do you know those wraps? Those wraps that you, that, that those African wraps. Oh yeah, yeah. Those yeah. That you yeah. The Old school. Yeah, yeah. She just pooed straight through everything. Like so, we were just like, we we're just there, like <laughs> bonded by, by filth. So, um, yeah, it's not, it's not easy. I must admit, mm. like, and like, yeah, one will be crying. By the time you calm one down, the other one's crying. Like mm. it's just all, oh, it's just all of that stuff. Yeah. But it's fu- but genuinely speaking, like couldn't be have wouldn't have it any other way. Aww. Glad to have two two beautiful. And I think you tweeted something the other day about like just managing your time in terms of like people say yeah like it, it's, it's everything's always busy. So in terms of like how do you manage your time? In yeah, terms it doesn't of, get like, any easier to be honest. So just start if you're gonna if you're not managing your time now, you're not gonna manage it all later. Yeah. Just start jamming and start making time for things now. But but how do you do it in terms of like of course you've got two children, you you have your wife, you have work, you have your walk like how do you yeah i have a couple of jobs have <laughs> two jobs my man got two jobs um, a couple of jobs managing yeah walk life work teaching blackberry everything yeah. i'm gonna mm. like it's hot i need my own i need my own show it's hard <laughs> it's hard it's actually hard um but yeah i think like, i think just recognizing there's enough hours in the day and that mm-hmm. just means being really judicial with your time like yeah. really being like very pedantic with regards to planning making sure you're making lists as to what you need to get done in a day really just being on top of it all and just knowing like look like if you do this mm. and it's not planned for then that actually does um put other things at risk and knowing those consequences and stuff and and, and that really so managing my time in terms of actually having a calendar as well actually yeah. keeping up to date or having a trello board and, and using trello to it's, a, it's an app that you guys can get but using that to manage my life my targets my aims my plans my reading my everything like that's actually even just my housework my helping out at home um, and what more things I can mm. do with the kids and stuff. All of that stuff is hella helpful. Mm. Hella helpful. Mm. Husband so, and father of the year, 2019, boy. So, yeah, um, so yeah that's yeah. me. That's me. But this is not about me. No, it's about Israel. It's about Izzy. It's about Israel. But Izzy, before we uh, before we kick, <laughs> kick it off, how was your... Because um, obviously you was at the Rooted Conference yeah. uh, over the weekend. And you, what were you yeah. speaking on? So, well, so the Rooted Conference was essentially addressing... Um, questions on the streets with regards to Christianity. Mm. I spoke on, is Christianity the white man's religion? And um, a response to the black consciousness movement. Mm. Okay. So those were my two talks, um, which were both followed by like a mini Q&A. And then I was also part of like a longer panel discussion, extended Q&A at the end of the conference. Other talks included things like, um, uh, sorry, what am I saying? Uh, can the Bible be trusted? Um, or why yeah. I believe in the Bible? There was also one on everything you need to know about Islam or the Quran, Islam and the Quran. Um, there was a talk by um, Les Isaac on where are your roots and his sort of experience coming out of Rastafarianism mm. okay. into Christianity, which was really interesting. Um, yeah, so those those were the main sessions. One, two, three, four, five. And then there was, yeah, there was like a what now kind of ending okay. session where talking about where where we go from there. Um, mm. in terms of continued engagement and asking and answering the right asking and answering the right questions yeah do, yeah. do you know if any of it was recorded I need to confirm but I believe so 
Okay. okay. I believe so, but I if, it, if it is recorded, I'll, guys, I'll, we'll, we'll, try and put, we'll try and put out a link yeah. on the Twitter. Or, yeah, or that would be really good yeah. to that'll do. That would be nice yeah. just for you guys to, to get a listen on that. Mm. Yeah, that um, would be really good. But, but yeah, but let's yeah. do, should we do the, so we've got some quick fire questions for Israel. <laughs> so I'm going to ask you. <laughs> so does this suggest that I can't do anything more than like two sentences? No, no, more than no, two words. Yeah, more than two words, just to begin with. Just to, wow. just to, get, just to get it sold in. Okay. Two words. First question, yeah. Rice and peas or curry goat? <laughs> curry goat F4 Rero or Gussie Gussie favourite word Jules got bare words favourite word Keller <laughs> can I ask a follow up question okay favourite word in like the word I use most often that I really like or just favourite word in terms of like it sounds good to me but I probably never use it both <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic. I use it quite a lot, especially in class and when I'm teaching. Fantastic, Gemma. Literally, literally, Gemma. literally, I would be like in the middle of a mass, in the middle of like an equation of like, that's fantastic. Oh my goodness. Um, last person. But, yeah, okay, go on. Sorry. Any, any other words you want to put? No, nah, we'll just leave it there. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Last person who texted you. Oh, all right. Richard, okay. who was the last person who texted you? Who's the I'm in the middle of a debate right now. Okay. Rachel Marie Robinson. Ooh, mm. bae. I mean, talking about text text. Bay count. Yeah. I know my last email was from my wife. Mm, okay. She okay. literally was, she you know. She left okay. her phone at my mum's yard. Last person that texted me was Alice. Shout out, Alice. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out, Alice. <laughs> Favourite sport? This is going to be political. Um, Richard, what's your favourite sport? Track and field. Yes, yes, maybe yes, because I it's track and field or sport. Yes, okay, I, yeah, I can, is, give, it. I can give it. I can give it. Athletics slash anything that anything that um that features in the Olympics is is down as a sport. What's your favorite sport? Probably boxing. Mm. <laughs> My favorite sport is football. Mm. Israel Presbyterian or Baptist? Presbyterian. Like God, like God declared it. That was wrong. Twitter or Instagram? <laughs> huh? Twitter or Instagram? Twitter. Um, audio books or physical books? Physical. That's not a hard question, bro. Um, England or the USA? <laughs> England. <laughs> Thank you for saying that. I was just double, just double checking. <laughs> just double ah. checking. Um, <laughs> uh, so now that we've got that out of the way, you know, this is all a build up just so we could get to that. Um, <laughs> but you know what? You know what? I'm, sl- I'm low-key thinking to revise that answer. You're very silly. Where were you born, Israel? You were actually born in Nigeria. Technically. Yeah, I was. Where did you, where did you, where did but you, where did you grow up? But is from the USA, so... Where did you grow up? Where did you grow up? England. In- Where's your parents living? <laughs> we know where you're taking this, Richard. <laughs> where was Blackberry formed? What country? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. England. Oh, my days. Okay, then. That said, now that we've got that out of the way, um, Israel, do you want to just tell us a bit about yourself, your upbringing, like even just mm. your introduction to Christianity generally? Woo. Um, what were you like growing up? So I was born in Nigeria, Ibadan, and moved mm. to London when I was six. Um, I, funny, funny thing, I was actually tricked. So initially, my mom, my mom, so my mom, my mom was born in so London. It's trap. A, my mom was born, <laughs> it, born in Southwark. Okay. Um, and then moved back to Nigeria mm-hmm. with her parents. Um, so she was actually like always a UK citizen. So when like I, I don't know how many years into the marriage, I guess like six years into the marriage. The UK started like lots of initiatives for universities where they pay you to study, basically. Okay. So they both wanted to move to London just because of the opportunities at the time. Um, so my mum moved first, um, 
and she tricked us into into disappearing. So like she was like, okay, oh, you go and buy some bread down the road. As I'm walking back to the house, she's in a cab. And I'm just like, wait, is that mom? <laughs> then I get into the house, my dad is like, mom's gone to the England. <laughs> <laughs> Are you being serious? Ah! I said, Africans can't be trusted. Wow. <laughs> Why didn't she just tell you? Because nah, it would have been that's too a, hard. No, Mary. It would have been too hard, okay, especially you because we were young. You would have cried, but you would go over it. Mary, that's a real trap. <laughs> that's a so that's always a funny story that I like, hold on like, did you not cry did you, when your dad told I, you to cry I, right? you know what my memories are foggy I remember I, I remember being upset and I don't remember much of the conversation I had with my dad how long was she gone for a year and then we went a year after so okay. it was a year good. I mean like in, to, in be, the, to be go to, to go and buy a gig of bread and then you come back, <laughs> you come back a in year, the grand scheme of things and your mom's gone was, for a it year was, it was, be that hard <laughs> but you know what you and know what I know I my dad looking back my dad would have just left me with bread and egg for the next year straight. Like, I don't remember what we ate in that year. I'm, I imagine my dad looked after us. I don't know. But like, I, I, I hear all other stories and I hear like, like legit, lots of couples really had periods of like being separate for just because time. of opportunities. I know my, yeah. my biology teacher when I was in sixth form, she was split. She was in England while her husband was in India for like three years before he could move. Like, and so like, yeah, yeah. I think when I look back, I'm like, I think like the immigrant struggle was was real was real yeah. like people really had to think and process how to actually maneuver and get around things yeah but you know so that happened um the year after we joined her um moved to plumstead then we moved to woolwich then so we've always been in like the woolwich plumstead area mm -hmm. am i baiting out my ends anyway i'm leaving in a, in a week it doesn't matter <laughs> I mean, you won't catch him there anyway <laughs> you've got two days um, to find him <laughs> basically um so yeah so I started sort of like year two, I think. Yeah, year mm -hmm. two, that's when I started. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, went to primary school here, secondary school here. I was a freshie when I when I came to primary school. I had a lot of fights because mm -hmm. I was bullied. Um, my right. accent and all that stuff. And there's a lot of our Western culture that I just didn't get, which I still don't get, but hey, such is life. Mm -hmm. um, secondary school was good. I mean, everyone was either black Pentecostal and we just like, you know, kind of like hood, urban, mm -hmm. um, or they were like white Catholic slash Anglicans who were kind of like went to church every now and then, not really, but were like you know. So you had like you can you could relate to a lot of the black yeah, people so, essentially because that was yeah. So like well. the school that I went to was sort of like it was in it was in London, but it was like the last London until you reached more like Kentish okay, parts. Cool, cool. So you had a lot of people like who went to school coming from the Kent side in, and a lot of us coming from like the Woolwich side out mm -hmm. in the school. Got you. Um, so that was that. I don't know what more to mention about it. Um, I almost joined the gang. My mom beat uh. that out of me. How old were you? Um, year ten. What's that? Fifteen. Yeah. You? So me and my friend. Is he you? Me and my friend. Your mom um, beat out you well then. We went. We no went. Remnants to, so left. He was. He was. Huh? <laughs> no remnants <laughs> so of that left. That's true. Straight out. And when I when I talk about this, they're always like, "What? I could never imagine you." But I like. Because obviously a lot of it was was peer, peer pressure. pressure. It was it was yeah. never really like I was never like a hardcore. Look at me, my heart is too soft for that kind of like, that kind mm -hmm. of thing. Yeah, yeah. But it was all like you know, all my, everyone's doing it. Everyone's like talking to these guys. They'll, these guys would come to the school after school and be like, "Hey, do you want to talk? Do you want to talk?" And we're like, "Oh my gosh, what, what, what?" We liked the attention we were getting. Mm -hmm. So we went to meet them after school this one time. Yeah, I come home at ten p.m. smelling of weed. Now I don't even smoke weed, but I stinked because obviously he was like in the council yeah. state. Everything. everything. Mm -hmm. Mom beat me so hard that night. Yeah. Mm. You needed those beers. The next day I came to school, I was like, I can't do this. I said, I said, I'm out. I tapped out. Like, because I said, at the end of the day, yeah, I could join, but I still need to go home to my yeah. mom. 
And as long as I'm going home to my mother, I can't, I can't do this. Yeah. <laughs> and like in hindsight, oh, I'm, grace, I'm so thankful yeah. because it was a very different path that people took. Yeah. Um, became a Christian between secondary school and sixth form. Mm-hmm. Um, that's his own story. Um, but I think just in short, um, Romans 5. Ironically, it was my one of my non-Christian friends who were both rappers. And he was like, oh, you should write, a, you should write an album on a book of the Bible because you guys have so much material. So I pick up Romans. But how did that even come about? So we're just talking about rapping and like album forming and stuff like that. We got we just got mm, studio time. Right. So, you know, we were like really gassed. Do you remember any of those raps? Nah. Oh, that was lovely. Sure? Totally forgot all of them. Not one rap? Not one. No rap but you were spitting some bars at nah. uni though. Nah, don't. Mm-mm. You used to like freestyle around. I, sorry, I don't know. Mary and Israel went to the same uni. That's why. <laughs> that's, why she, that's why she's dating him up like this. Why are you so loud? But Mary was the more famous one. This <laughs> <laughs> about Israel. <laughs> anyway. So you thought, so you're supposed to rap about. about so he was like, oh, rap about a book of the Bible because that would be like a proper album, get sections in. So I was like, yeah, that makes sense. Pick up Book of Romans, get to chapter five. Mm-hmm. Yeah, in due time, Christ I from Gandhi. Couldn't get past it. At that time, in God's providence, someone gave me a Spurgeon book. Um, all of Grace, which then also talked about wow, Romans 5. Book. And then just like, who gave you that book? Up. It was at a fellowship gathering, sort of like group of us meeting up. You had a blessed childhood. Man. Mate. And <laughs> and it really just cut me. And I was just like, if God, if Christ could do this well, I couldn't care less for him then. Then the only adequate response, if it's true, is to give my life to him. Wow. Um, that happened. Sixth form happened. Um, moved from a school that was predominantly like Christian, or at least Christian influenced. Mm-hmm. So a school that was ninety percent Muslim, which was a, my first sort of like proper cultural clash or like yeah. mm. experience. University was another one. Then second university was another one. Um, and teach first. Now I'm here. Wow. That's, yeah. A lot happens in those gaps. Like I'm just. Yeah. <laughs> no, yeah, I'm just yeah, 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 yeah. But yeah. What, what was your experiences like? Um, just in terms of Christianity from when you were, um, young. Mm. So you said you mentioned early that early on you were in like the Pentecostal mm. um, kind of charismatic spheres, I assume. Yeah. And then you're getting all of grace in maybe mm. potentially a slightly different sphere or or in some fellowship, maybe the same fellowship. Right. And then you're 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 now you're now in a well, I know that you used to come to church with me in a, you know, in an evangelical Baptist church. Then you then you backslid and you went to a Presbyterian. Can you imagine? The Presbyterian Can you imagine? Side. No, I found like, glory. Like and then <laughs> do you want just walking us through a bit of like that transition? Yeah, like, it was like I've I've really travelled through lots of spaces. I think that's really helped me understand this is like a backdrop before I answer no, the question. Yeah, yeah, it's really helped me understand what's core to Christianity and what's what you need to hold on to and what um you can hold on to loosely. Like mm-hmm. I've really had to experience the whole difference between um f- first degree and second degree theological issues yeah. mm-hmm. in real life um so yeah starting the pentecostal sort of like charismatic churches that was always coated with a tinge of prosperity gospel so they weren't full-blown prosperity gospel churches but a lot of it was influenced by prosperity, prosperity go- yeah. yeah i get you um and then when i when i became a christian so the all of grace thing was not even necessarily in like a reformed context i was just someone that had the book and was like i think you would like this okay. but um when i when i came out of secondary school to sixth form one of my friends at secondary school, we weren't that close, but we became close in sixth form, was already a Christian, like a new Calvinist. Um, so when I say new Calvinist, I mean like, I think John Piper, um, Ferdy Barkham. Uh, I want to say Paul Washer, but I don't really think he's new Calvinist per se. But like that movement, Mark Driscoll, hmm. Mark yeah, Driscoll. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Um, so he was influenced by those Young people. Young restless reform yes. kind of movement. So Mark Driscoll, That's what I mean to say. Um, That's actually Black. what I mean to say, yes. Um, and we debated back and forth for a year in my first year of sixth form. And I feel like in that year, we, uh, 
I was unintentionally being discipled because I was relearning a lot of what standard Christianity is. We talked about what it means for Jesus Christ to be God. And especially in the context of like a, a school that was majority Muslim, I really had to think about why I'm a Christian mm. because it's always something that I took for granted. But I was like, these Muslims know why they're Muslims. That's all cool. But do I know why I'm a Christian? Yeah. Like, I did, like, do I know why? Because they seem to be confident in, in what they believe. But I just, like, I knew the Trinity is a standard Christian idea, right? Like, I know that's the most, probably the most non-controversial Christian thing to believe. But I, had, I did not have a clue why Christians hold to the Trinity as a basic understanding of God. Mm. Um, so we wrestled through all of that together and those is really formative in terms of learning mere Christianity like just core Christianity so I became like a reformed charismatic um, like a John Piper-esque person then in university it was um, like getting insight into the more evangelical Anglicans okay, through yeah. the Christian unions mm-hmm. um, but then also again continuing with like the charismatic church group yeah and then i also had i think like after the first year of uni joined erc and so properly joined the reformed baptist church so i was like learning more about the different traditions and types of churches there are out there yeah 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 um my so after i did two years at king's college medical school dropped out switched to heathrop college to do philosophy and theology which is actually a roman catholic institution so i actually really had to ask myself the question why am i not a roman catholic so sixth one was like why am i not a muslim king's college was like why am i not an atheist because i had a lot of friends in the med school who were like how can you believe in god i really this is where my love for tim keller came because i feel like tim keller really gave me reason and i think that's why he always has like a special place in my heart just because he played a significant role in a very difficult season um and then he probably was like why am i not a roman catholic and there was a lot that I actually gained and learned and appreciated in Roman Catholicism. One of the things I learned is that Roman Catholicism is not as united as people think. Like one of the biggest apologetic statements from Catholics is that we're united. Look at Protestants with all their divisions and all their splits and all their debates. But they're not. Catholics have so many debates. Like in that institution, there were Catholics who did not believe in the resurrection. Oh, wow. Wow. And then obviously Catholics who staunchly believed in the resurrection. Like yeah. I watched... <laughs> um, a divinity student so he had, he had the, the, the Bachelor of Divinity for people who were going to be ordained mm-hmm. as a different track I watched a divinity student debate the professor about the resurrection and I'm like wow like, like this is really happening yeah this is so foundational because for so long it was always like Roman Catholics believe everything you know the catechism no one no one disagrees but people disagree mm-hmm. um, and I'm sure obviously at this point people already know about just differences of sexual ethics within the Catholic Church is a whole big thing. Yeah. Um, and so on. But I also saw some of the benefits of Roman Catholicism in the sense of like, it really takes seriously um, a slow faith. And by slow faith, I think what I mean is that it's, the way um, Roman Catholicism is structured is that it's more in, it's more inherently reflective. Okay. Like it's hard to go to be a Catholic without having to actually sit and be still. Mm-hmm. And I think that's actually a really good thing. And maybe it stood out to me because I came from a tradition that was really energy, like mm-hmm. fire, fire, yeah. prayer. Yeah, like yeah. it was just mm, all the time, intense, 24-7. And the, 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 the yeah, the Catholic <laughs> church was like contemplative, um, contemplative slow. Um, I, I just pulled me, and, I, and when you're left with your thoughts, it's quite a kind of a scary thing. Because I remember, I remember going to the chapel a couple of times I wanted to really just see what it was like. Just sitting there, I'm like, 
yo, there's too much space to think. Yeah. <laughs> and it disturbed me, but I was like, no, but thinking is a good thing. And yeah. um, so I pre- and I guess, especially since I was really struggling with the idea of coming out of med school and what that meant for my life. It was, I think, a good space for me to just calm my soul. Like, I feel like my soul really calmed down mm. over the first two years there or just knowing that life is okay. Like, life is fine. If if your plan changes drastically and you end up on a different track than you think you would, you're going to be okay. Mm. I think I really felt that just by being able to sit and be still and to um to reflect and to take in um, God's promises and so on. Um, so you was at uh, King's College London for two years. So, yeah. So you, what did you study at A-levels? A I'm assuming... Um, biology, chemistry, fi- physics, no. What? <laughs> biology, chemistry, maths at A-level and then anthropology at AS. Okay, so I'm assuming yeah. that from the ages of 17. You studied anthropology? Yeah. Is that a thing? Dopest. I was the... F- my, my year was the first year to do it. You said it was the dopest. Then why did you drop it then? Facts. Because I was about my to parents. Ask that. Oh, sorry. <laughs> yeah, is, is this medicine? <laughs> That's literally though. Like, which one will you drop? And I was like, uh, maths, Ma- maths. <laughs> you want to drop math? Yeah. Come on, get your life together. Biology. Yes. Then how will you be a doctor? <laughs> <laughs> there was really no option, but oh, for apology, it was really right. sad. So but, from the age yeah. of what, 17, 18, you wanted to be a, a medical doctor. Yeah. So you get into yeah. medical school. So how was the journey? And then obviously when you eventually mm. left to go to pursue something else, like. Just kind of talk through how um so i like. think from the age of like i mean my parents were really heavy on figuring out what you wanted to do and i was always a bit nerdy um and i enjoyed learning about the brain uh and so by the age of like we really by year nine year ten those those two sentences really couldn't have been any better um, <laughs> to I, explain like, ri- yeah, Israel, yeah, right? yeah what you meant the right. mind and the brain i'm very nerdy i wanted to study the brain <laughs> Hold on, so would you have been a, a neurologist is that what yeah, you yeah. So okay, makes sense. by Same, 14, I, I knew I wanted to be either a neurosurgeon, neurologist, or a neuros- neuroscientist. Okay. Um, so I knew I wanted to do that. And then by 16, entering sixth form, I wanted to be a, either a neurologist or a neurosurgeon. I wanted to be a neurosurgeon. And that was mainly because of Ben Carson, who was like, oh, and you know, I feel like a, a lot of it had to do with also the images of role models I had. Because Ben Carson was the first black successful man I'd ever learned about. Mm-hmm. And he was a lot like me in that he was a black successful man but he shared my personality in being nerdy in terms of loving the brain in terms of kind of like having a difficult childhood and having like struggles so I, yeah, as I read yeah. the book as I watched the movie I was like I can become a neurosurgeon like mm-hmm. he's like me and he did it and so it, he cleared a path and I feel like it just cemented my dream of being a neurosurgeon I was like if he can do it I can um so that that coloured most of my sixth form wow. experience, um, and I started. I I really became a nerd. I mean, for my personal statement, for example, my UCAS personal statement. If you guys remember that, the good yeah, old days, man. Yeah, do. I do. Um, I read like three books on neurology. Just when you were seventeen. I yeah, I remember the best book I ever read, Eric Candle, um, who is a professor at Columbia. Um, Israel's one of a kind, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sitting here. I'm, not lying, like, I'm sitting here. Even like when you're talking about Ben Carson and the most successful black, I'm thinking in my head the most successful black man I knew was when I went to watch like Notorious B.I.G. and then I decided. Yeah, I'm, I'm done. A, I'm a well, I mean, rapper. to be fair, I mean, like, yeah, I knew. I knew. Let me. Like, okay, let me, let me clarify. Let me clarify. I can't wait to interview Richard. I knew. I knew <laughs> black <laughs> successful men who were like in entertainment and in sports. But I think what the reason he's, do. yeah, because he was like me in terms of like, I was never really into sports. I was into a lot of things with peer pressure. I mentioned this in the friendship episode. Mm-hmm. I was into football because of peer pressure. Like I enjoy watching it, but I won't like, it's not my thing. No, same. I wasn't like, yeah. I don't mean like, I, I enjoyed but it. Ben but Ben Carson like, was like me in terms of like, 
he's what I am and he's successful at it. And Nobody it's like, was like me. so he yeah. was the first one to actually captivate my mind, I think yeah. in, a, in a proper sense. Mm. Um, so I just, yeah, just, he, he made me feel free to read a lot and not be ashamed of it, for example. Okay. And to learn about universities. And that's when I started to dive into like Ivy League stuff and blah, blah, blah. Because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. uh, I was given, like, he gave I'm me permission. To dive, to, you know? He gave me permission to be nerdy, huh? I'm still mm-hmm. here to dive in, man. Rate <laughs> <laughs> no, yourself, um, please, it's, Richard. It inspires me, in man. It inspires me. So um, you, you get into uni. Yeah. Uh, so Studying medicine. And obviously it was, it was amazing. And I was learning a lot. It was hard. Wanted like, to be med- like Ben Carson. Yeah. So at what point did ministry creep into your mind? Um, so it really, it kind of crept in that sixth one because what me and my friend Ade, we, we started the Christian Union. We had a lot of hostility even to start that, but we started a Christian Union in sixth form. Mm-hmm. Mm. And we obviously realized that what we were struggling with in terms of um, trying to understand why we're Christians in light of the Muslim dominance, in the, at least in demographically in the, in the um, sixth form, we noticed that we weren't the only Christians struggling to realize why we are Christians. Mm. So part of what we did in the Christian year was trying to like teach the basis of the Christian faith. Like just basic, where in the Bible does it teach that Jesus Christ is God? Like mm. as just a standard, forget about the Quran for now, forget about the songs. Let's just understand why Christians believe what Christians believe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so that started it in terms of seeing a need for Christians to understand why they believe what they believe. Yeah. That continued in university where I realized obviously that the challenges were different. There was still a Muslim presence to a degree, which we also interacted with, but it was also like an atheistic dominance in terms of a lot of people just not believing in God. Yeah. Mm. So it was really weird because there were times when I would debate like my friend who wasn't a Christian, who wasn't a, uh, an a- who wasn't a theist. He was an atheist. And I would debate him with my Muslim friend and you're on the same side for a yeah bit. and then he would leave I don't know to go to lunch then all of a sudden the, the debate changed to okay now we both believe in God why do you, <laughs> why do you believe in the Trinity I get you I get you yeah. and so it was like whoa and, and again I felt the need to teach other Christians because they were in the same context they have Muslim friends they have atheist friends and they're like uh, what do I say when they ask me mm-hmm. why yeah. I believe in God yeah. or why I believe in the Trinity um, and so part of GMS, the Gospel Music Society, I was doing Bible study boop, boop. Um, weekly Bang. there. Bang. Um, <laughs> and that really, I felt like, naturally increased the desire to do it because I really enjoyed it. It got to the point where during my lunch break in medical school, I would listen to sermons and prep for Bible study. So my breaks from med school were studying. And you know what was so crazy? This is actually from a Tim Keller sermon. At one point- Keller count. <laughs> I was listening to him. I think I was preparing for like a, another Bible study or whatever. And he said, whatever you enjoy doing in your spare time is, what, is probably what you should aspire to do as your lifelong career. Mm. And that stuck with me throughout my time at King's College and at Heathrow College. Because I was like, and I mean, I'm sitting there, right? In my lunch break from med school, preparing a sermon. And I'm like, you should do this like full time. Yeah. So I got to the point where I was like, okay, I'll finish my school because it's always good to finish what you start. And it still always is good to finish what you start. Yeah. Um, and then I will switch. So like I'll do my school, maybe two years to junior doctor, at least qualify as a doctor and then go into ministry. Mm-hmm. Um, but I spent so much time doing Bible studies slash GMS stuff that I don't, I don't think I gave adequate time to medical school. So I essentially failed the second year. And I say that, and it was, you know what? Part of it was that I failed it, but I think another part of it was just God's providence because I failed 
Med school only has pass or fail. The there's main no part of it was two one. Was there's no true. first or, or third. I got forty nine percent twice. Oh wow! And you need fifty yeah. percent to pass. Yeah, wow. and obviously I had a friend who got fifty one percent, who's now actually graduated. The Lord's providence. Um, yeah. and is a doctor, and so on. And I kept on looking. I was like, now I knew obviously I can't deny my role in that. Like I didn't give enough time. But I was like, really forty nine? I couldn't even get thirty. Like. But, and they don't even they wouldn't even like no so my problem was like god why didn't you just give me 30 so i could have i could have known that i felt big big you know yeah. Yeah, yeah, filled yeah, in yeah. my chest that there was no possible <laughs> like for real like how do you explain 49 percent nah, apart from the lord's providence yeah, and so i was like part of it is me but i was like surely a part of it is god just saying now is your time to step out because and and that was his own struggle for at least the first year he from college but the day that i found out that i failed medical school like proper proper the same day I got a place at Heathrow College. Literally, I saw my results. I called Heathrow <laughs> straight away. I was like, but, but I sorted it out. Wrote a personal statement in like one and a half hours. Sent it off. Um, got no, a place. Well. He, and could. <laughs> he could. <laughs> how, how did he your, could. How did your parents kind of... Cause I mean, they, did, they, were, they were very big Yeah, in terms they, did, of they didn't to... take it well. Um, on the one side, in terms of like, they didn't think I did, I did enough. I didn't do enough in terms of work ethic. Um, but also in terms of like, the way I was too eager to switch to theology... They were like, oh, because you know what? The med school gave me the option of restarting. Mm -hmm. So going back to first year, which a lot of people do. Um, I know one person in particular who did that and now it's just graduated this year. So it was always an opportunity for me to go all the way back to the beginning. But I just thought I can start medical school from the beginning or I can start a theology degree from the beginning. By this point, I knew that I wanted to be a minister and that if I went back to med school, it would just be to only leave again mm. after six, seven years. I just thought, I don't want to do that. Yeah. Um, so I just decided not to restart my school. And I think my parents knew that I had that option and not choosing it was what was hardest. Uh, okay. Because for them, it's like, doesn't matter how long it takes. You push through, you fight. You it, this is yeah. the devil trying to trip you off. Don't worry, you can yeah. um, get through all of it again and stuff like that. And I just like, nah. Like. And, and why did you want to become a minister? Was that just, was, Did you enjoy the teaching element that you had got through yeah. your university experience, in your sixth form life or... Like what was I it? think it was a combination of I enjoyed teaching, mm -hmm. I enjoyed learning. I've, yeah, I enjoyed learning new things myself and sharing what I learned. I think that's what I really, at the core of it, I really enjoyed. Mm -hmm. But I also enjoyed seeing people learn and grow. Okay. Um, and so I think seeing people slowly become more passionate about the Bible, slowly become more passionate, I'm more confident about being a Christian. Like, like what what really significant moments for me were when I saw people become move away from an insecure Christian to a secure Christian. Mm -hmm. So they weren't necessarily Christians of all the answers or who are going to be like, oh, I'm ready to drop my career and become a pastor. Yeah. But they were Christians who were less anxious yeah. about being a Christian. Yeah. And that for me was just heartwarming in terms of like, God has used me in part to help this person just to be more okay and certain with being in this thing called Christianity. Um, but also I think just the opportunity to to describe true Christianity to those who weren't Christians yeah. and to really know that if they reject it, at least let them reject proper Christianity. As opposed to what, yeah. they, what they think it is. Anyway. Because a lot of what my debates were were just clarifying misconceptions. Yeah. Like those, there are, and I think, that, I mean, there are still are so many misconceptions about what it means to be a Christian yeah. and what Christianity is. And just to clarify that and say, actually, that thing is inconsequential to yeah. being a christian that doesn't matter either way so i know a big one was like evolution and i was like 
you know, I gave my views and stuff. And I was like, listen, they are Christian evolutionists and theistic evolutionists. And at the heart of it, the Christian faith doesn't require you, like, the gospel isn't deny evolution. Like, the, the, the gospel, there's a core to the gospel that you need to reckon with. And the evolution thing is actually a secondary, like, issue. So I was like, that's important. We're going to discuss it. But let's get to the, the, f- the, main the, thing. The, the main thing about Christianity itself. Yeah. And then once you settle that, if you reject that, fine. If you don't, if you if you don't and you accept it, then we can talk about what does that mean? What does it mean for a Christian to be a theistic evolutionist or a creationist or old earth creationist and all that other stuff? Because I'm like, Christians debate this already. Yeah. So <laughs> I can show you that that doesn't equate to not being a Christian. Yeah. And so on. So just things like that, I think were really um, important in forming my desires to be yeah a pastor and how was your call to like ministry affirmed and did you ever think because obviously your medical career didn't Mm. go the way it was supposed to or the way you where you thought it would did you ever think or am i gonna fail in what i'm what i I think i might want to do now and how did you kind of write out so so it really it was an internal call for a huge part of it okay um but the external call i think began and by external internal call i mean just like my own personal inclinations and desires an external call in terms of seeing other people affirm it and say actually we think you can do this and you should go into it okay that really started when i joined erc herc um and thank you for the correction <laughs> i had the leaders the churches at the time really um encouraging me to lead bible studies and to preach um and just to see doors open um was really affirming in that sense and as i progressed through the church and began to do that more and more frequently i kept on receiving that affirmation which i think was a huge encouragement for me to make me think actually yeah this is something i can do it was very um a lot of it was driven by anxiety as well because ministry is not as clear-cut as medical school the benefit of medical school is that everything's laid out yeah like you do medical school junior doctor residency as like neurologist or neurosurgeon a consultant and it's like you can map out the next 40 years yeah as a yeah, doctor yeah yeah you can't do that in ministry like so I was, i'm here studying philosophy and theology but i have no idea that you're what will happen after mm-hmm. um and so i think it took a long time to get clarity over certain areas over uh, my own like being more grounded in my own theological beliefs um and then thinking where where is my place in the larger church which church am I called to? Like, what do I want to do? Seminary was also becoming a question mm-hmm. at that time. Mm. Um, and, you know, I feel like, you know, a lot of people say this and I guess it's kind of corny, but it's definitely true in that God reveals like just enough for you to take the next step. Yeah. And then lets you go on with that. So even now for me, it's like, well, I'm gonna, I know I'm going to seminary, but what happens after seminary? I have an idea. It's four years away, but I know that God will do the same thing he did when, I was in Heathrop, he would show me just enough to take the next yeah. step um, yeah. and then just continue like that. Yeah. Well, what were some of the things that you actually struggled with in the process of deciding that you were going to become a minister? Uh, that's a good question. Um, in, ter- in terms of theological beliefs? Like personal beliefs, um, what? ability beliefs, like, would, mm. like what, what things made you struggle? Because I can imagine many people get to the point yeah. why they feel that many people are telling them yes but they've got their personal anxiety so personal anxieties i'm I'm not i don't know enough I, I'm, not, mm. I'm not good enough i don't shepherd well enough i'm not holy enough i like i'm not well spoken enough like everything do you know what i mean like mm. everything in that respect mm. well the first one was 
just being confronted with lots of different beliefs constantly. So because I'd moved from like a Pentecostal space to like Reformedish, then Reformed Baptist, um, then Roman Catholic and so on, mm-hmm. I realized to ask myself, what, what do I believe? Because it's easy to be, especially if you want to be a leader in the church, you really need to know what you believe yeah. and why you believe it. Yeah. So I was like, you know, why am I not this? Why am I not that? Um, even in my, even at Heathrow College, there was a Roman Catholic institution. It's still a public research university. So we had um, atheist professors who were teaching theology. You had um, like liberal Baptist professors, conservative Anglican professors, just lots of different like tribes mm-hmm. in there. So just like, okay, why am I not that? Why am I not that? Why am I not that? And so on and so forth. Um, there were also questions of um, my own competence, feeling like I'm not good enough and battling with that and trying to be clear on the difference between humility and self, um, what's the word for this? Self-defacement, not self-defacement, self-like, self-loathing, is that it? Self-loathing is it, but I don't know if that's what you're- But like where you just, you just really make yourself feel like you're incapable of anything. Yeah. Um, And so like, yeah, just trying to be clear on the difference between that. And I still struggle with that a lot in terms of thinking that what I say really isn't useful um, or helpful to people um and you know confession time like like people say and I and and I I really believe that they mean that they I I really believe that people are telling the truth when they say this but someone will say oh thank you for that sermon it really blessed me and I'm just like "Mm, it wasn't that good I didn't like it did it like yeah and so (laughs) and that's the thing so like I'm struggling so I'm like I need to be humble enough to know that God can use me mm. and that God can bless mm. people through me. But I'm also having my own self-esteem issues, I guess, in terms of believing that I'm not really good enough and I'm just a big fraud. Like I'm going to be caught out. There's imposter syndrome kind of thing. Mm. I'm trying to fake it till I make it. Kind of mm. So all of that was, a, and it, that continues even to now. Um, what else? <sighs> Just kind of jumping off um, yeah. what you said about like encouraging when people say things to you. Because even me, when I see like, because initially I find it really awkward to be like, oh, thank you for that sermon. It really ministered mm. to me. But then like, at the same time, if you do want to encourage those Sometimes who are you need it, man. preaching. Yeah. yeah and and yeah. for me, it's like, yeah. so I'm a bit awkward. So I might message after and say, yeah, I really love that. So and I'm trying more and more um, to do that. And not in a way of like, I don't say it all the, every week, but when, mm. I, when I'm actually, I'm encouraged, mm. I know that the Lord has used you to, mm. to, to speak mm. a word, so to speak. Point, so so I try, yeah, I definitely yeah. try and yeah. encourage. So, so yeah. um, I, I don't mm. think they were saying it in a way that was like. Yeah, that's the thing. So like, yeah. I I, re- I see the need for it because um, obviously the alternative um, is, would be also very difficult to struggle with. Yeah. Imagine being no a one person says no one ever says like they've been blessing you, <laughs> you would then be thinking, wow, I'm actually having no impact. So, <laughs> I, so, just, the, yeah. so it's really like just, <laughs> she didn't even preach today. I should just and you know, a, big, a big part of my mental struggles is that I overthink. Mm-hmm. And so it's easy for me to overthink any situation and mm-hmm. any possibility and stuff like that. Mm. Um, and that's even came up in, in terms of ministry, in terms of like, I was studying for a passage and I overthink the passage. Then I overthink my delivery. Then I overthink <laughs> how it impacted me. And they can just drive me crazy. Oh gosh! Um, so, so you finish. Yeah. You finish. Obviously, you do a theological degree at mm. um, Heathrow, and then you actually do teach first. Like, why? Yeah. So, whilst you was in college, I, I am assuming that seminary was like a long term plan. Was was teaching something that just filled the gap, and also like, what mm. did you? What did you kind of learn from like your time teaching? Science? So, I initially wanted to go straight to seminary after studying, because I at, at 
by the end of my degree, I'd, I realized I wanted to be in an institution that was specifically training me for ministry. My degree was good, but it was like academic, purely academic. And mm -hmm. I realized that I always wanted to learn theology academically, but in service to the church. Mm. And that wasn't really a focus okay. in the degree. Yeah. So I was like, I think I need to go to seminary. So I initially was like looking, even ready to apply, got in contact with an um, admissions um, director at one of the seminaries in the US. But my pastor at that time, so I, just I had just moved to New City in my third year. And he said, she probably spend some time. What year was that? 2017. I was going to say, yeah. I was thinking in my head, like imagine if Israel had actually moved then, then Black Britain probably might not have started that. Facts. Mm. Like that's, a, that's legit. That's actually like, true, you know, you think about that's it like that. That's very legit. That's true. Shout out Teach First, man. That's true. <laughs> Shout out Teach First. And so the yeah, he, down. <laughs> <Literally>. <laughs> he asked me, he said I should probably do like a normal job and just know what it will feel like for most of your congregants. Because if you go from mm a theology a degree man. to a seminary and into pastorate, you'll be in a theology bubble. You'll be in a theological bubble and you'll assume everyone else is in that bubble. Mm. But most everyone else in your church will just have a normal job, a normal workplace that they do for like 15 years and very ordinary cycles that are apart from what you experience. Um, so I was like, okay, what can I do? That's two to three years. Because I, I, I wanted to stay away from things that could potentially trap me. Um, so things that paid a lot because I know myself. I like money. Mm. But yeah, um, we've we've over the couple of years of the podcast, we've <laughs> money, 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 money. Ah, so I actually turned down two internships for firms that I feel like I probably would have been trapped in, um, just because I was like, I don't want to do that. You considered law, didn't you? Yeah, so I turned down two law um, internships. Um, my parents did not take that well. <laughs> it's, it's not everything you tell your parents, Israel. That, but you know what it is, yeah? Because it was Israel. Imagine your mom's like... Israel loves your, his parents, by the way. Imagine telling your mom, yeah, oh, I want to do medicine. I don't want to do medicine anymore. <laughs> oh, I've got two um, law contract internship. I don't want to do it. <laughs> like, do you want to kill your parents? I want to go to ministry. You know, it was oh, just, ministry. It's just like, you know, you get it and then your parents, and you, you, in, the, in the excitement of being given the offer, you're like, oh, I got, I got an, an offer Man, for an internship here. Yeah. And my dad's like, oh, well done. So you can go into law. And I was like, oh, no, hold on, actually. <laughs> I want to go to seminary. <laughs> so the reason I took, I chose Teach First because is because I was looking at grad schemes in general. Okay. And I chose Teach First out of all the grad schemes that were available because it was two years. So I was like, I can drop out after. Yeah. But also it was an in, it was a grad scheme that would allow me to give back to the community. Mm -hmm. um, so I actually wrote in my Teach First application, I'm not going to take the offer unless you give me a school in South London. Oh, because wow. I specifically only wanted to be placed in an in area that I grew up. Give back to your community. Yeah. yeah, and I knew what I was doing. I knew the game. I played the race card. Let me be honest, guys. Listen, I played the race <laughs> card. I knew I was one of the few black boys who was applying. Yeah, I knew they weren't gonna exactly they weren't exactly gonna reject me, especially if I like because obviously I, st I still have to qualify as in being competent enough. Yeah, but assuming that I qualify, they're not gonna be like let's risk losing this guy by sending him to Peterborough. <laughs> so banter. Like I knew they weren't gonna do that. So the they were like, we'll consider it. Um, so you better do more than consider. Because <laughs> I was very honest. I was like, yeah, this is this is just my situation. And they placed me at, ironically, they placed me at a school that's on the road of the church that I grew up in. And what was even more interesting is that one of the, my year 11 students who just finished this year was a child that I taught Sunday school to. Oh, wow. When I was at my parents' church and he was seven. It took him six months to realize who I was anyway. 
Oh, like, so you recognize him, but he didn't recognize you. Yeah, straight away. <laughs> I ain't gonna lie. Maybe that's a benefit for in a teaching capacity. Also, yeah. also, what is that? At the first viewing, so I got the place. I went to visit the school the summer before I started, and I was watching, actually observing a teacher teach him. I was like, I know you from somewhere. Now he'd done puberty, like he had done the, the puberty, so he looked different. <laughs> I said, but you had been through puberty by the time that you taught him, kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. I and know. so, and so, I was like, Nah, why do you look so familiar? Then it hit me. I was like, and especially when I heard his name, I was like, Ah, yeah. But I was like, Okay, I can't stare. I was like, because he started to get free times. Like, who's this guy staring at me? <laughs> Banter. Um, but I really appreciated being in a school where I knew the area. Like, mm. I grew up there. Like, I had been, I had been shuffled down in there in, on that road yeah i had wow. guys who had come up to me say what ends you from like what ends you rapping? like like mm. life had happened there um i played football in the park right next to the school stuff yeah. like that so those those were like the benefits in terms of yeah the, the, so two years teaching in terms of being able to yeah, give back and i and i really felt like i was able to empower especially because my my goal i think from the get-go of teach first was to empower black boys yeah mm -hmm. so I, and I, I really felt like i got to do that so, okay. so, so appreciating that you got to empower people. Like, who are you, your heroes? Who have you looked up to? Apart um, from Tim Keller. Too much. No, you, you can actually talk about Tim Keller in terms of why he's ah, a hero. This is, might be your one time, bros. Yeah. Um, on this podcast. So, actually, yeah. yeah. The, the actually, most second time. And he, other heroes. He started, he started off on another podcast <laughs> with oh, jokes. Tim Keller has stepped down. Ah, my heart, I remember my that. heart has broken. I remember that. Said, I'm going to start with that, guys. I'm going to start with I that. I actually said, no, remember that. Um, yes, I mean. I say Tim Keller because Tim Keller has probably been the greatest pastoral slash theological influence in my life. Got you. Um, to date. Um, and he came He came at a time of crisis and I think that's part of why he stuck. Because so I always wondered mind. why he stuck more than other people. Mm -hmm. um, but also I think he was just a genuinely amazing figure. Like I, I, I agree with a lot of people when they say that he's the C.S. Lewis of the modern contemporary church. Mm. Um, and things like that because he really combined a lot of things he was a puritan in the sense I've never of heard that before he's, that's, that's that's said about tim Kellogg. i've never heard he's anything. the cs Lewis yeah, of the, our time i see that all the time and he definitely is like the more i think about it the, the more i realize yeah, i think Dave carson's like the francis schaefer yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like you, you can make similarities with, with people yeah yeah I'm, the more i'm the more i'm starting to think through people the more i'm yeah. starting to see scroll and is probably matthew he, henry yeah. he gave me like matthew he equipped oh, me yeah, matthew to, henry, actually yeah. he equipped me to actually like interact with the culture really mm. well um he equipped me to understand well i mean so there's, there's a five-fold vision of redeemer which i think i'll I, I'll, I'll say this and i'll move on okay like essentially, <laughs> so essentially not any other heroes. essentially i will okay. worship <laughs> discipleship um cultural engagement um outreach mercy and justice and those are kind of like the areas in which he really impacts me so i say mm. I, I say outreach faith and work really and he's you know told me that, Okay, Israel, whatever book you got that from or whatever sermon, just send it to me. <laughs> that was cool. Integrated faith and work. That was actually, so if you go on the Redeemer website or the YouTube and you look at the Rise campaign, the sermon series for the Rise campaign was based on the core um, yeah, yeah, values elements. of the church. So if you just if you just research Rise campaign or Rise sermon series. And this is the Tim content Keller, that you yeah. well. And this is more so like his last sermon series, really, before he stepped down from the oh, church. Wow. Okay. Um. And yeah, like justice, mercy, what it means to be engaged in the culture. That was really significant for me. And he's just wise. Like, I feel like I gained a lot of wisdom no, I appreciate that. Um, from him on how to approach life. Um, other influences would have been, I mean, there's... Why do I feel like you're going to say the Obamas? <laughs> I mean, I was going to actually keep the, 
the the black folk to the end because they are they, there's, there's quite a <laughs> the few that I want to get in that I want to get in on that <laughs> All side. Right, let's let's get through some of them quickly. But like, but I was gonna stuff. go back to like beginning of Christianity in terms of or like me my Christianity in terms of Paul Washer, Vody Barkham, um, John Piper, mm. Mark Driscoll. I think were influenced just in terms of like learning what it is to be a Christian. Mm. Um, there were obviously the leaders of. H-E-R-C and of New City in terms of maturing me I feel like that was a big influence mm. because I had a lot of head stuff but I also needed to bring it down to my heart mm. and they helped just ground me that's beautiful um, which was really influential then there was also becoming more comfortable with my skin um, sort of black folk that were just you know Vody Barkham obviously was significant because I was like a black man who's like a solid preacher um, and then there was also the Obamas Barack Obama was really significant um mm. Because I saw again another black intellectual man who wasn't afraid to be intellectual and to care and to be himself. Like, you know, that was that was significant. Ben Carson, I've mentioned before. Um, Charlie Dates is another one mm. who's again una um, unapologetic about Bang. his Richard's bestie. About his um about it just He doesn't be, know it yet. He, <laughs> <huh>? <laughs> <laughs> How can you say I'm your best friend but you just don't know it yet? Jokes. Beg. Um, I'm just playing on the joke. But anyway, yeah, go on. Any, any other heroes? Um, Ralph Douglas West, who's a um, Black Baptist pastor in Houston, and Howard John Wesley, Black Baptist pastor in Washington, D.C. Um, Francis Schaeffer was big, hmm. actually, in terms of the apologetics and stuff. Greg Barnson. Ooh. Greg Barnson is beautiful. Ooh, that guy Bang. was. That guy Bang. was significant <laughs> okay um, keeping yeah, it in terms of like that um, was for defending the faith i'm assuming during your mm -hmm. university years mm -hmm. yeah. so Definitely. what were like the last like in terms of moving back to your one of your favorite subjects of books like mm. what were your last kind of five books that you've read or the best books you've read or wow the okay. helpful books actually well, Israel's read way too many books israel pick, okay let's pick, pick, pick two. your top pick two, 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 top, two, 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 two. top three of what books that have influenced you the most in your oh, whole christianity gosh. all your favorite books um creation regained i'm assuming yes yeah creation regained creation great. regained really by albert waters really reshaped my entire outlook on so much he really gave a solidly christian worldview that showed how christianity applies to everything mm -hmm. um, i sort of moved it away from the whole secular sacred divide yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. Um, to understand that this is truly god's world and everything is under god's authority and therefore everything um, can be seen through a God-shaped lens. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, you recommended that to me. That was a beautiful read. Yeah, 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 honestly, absolutely. it was amazing, man. Absolutely. Um, I, I'm so I'm currently looking at my your book list. Yeah, because I'm just like. Did you did did you like was the reason uh, was it reason to believe or reason for God? Um, Tim Keller. Reason for God. Tim Keller was significant in the especially at the first year of university mm -hmm. because all those questions that he addressed were the questions people were asking me. Yeah, and so it was really significant in terms of. Is that top people. three though? Is that top three? I would say top three, yeah. Okay, yeah. So okay. I would so put two. Albert two. yeah, Albert Waters, um Creation Regained, Tim Kerr, the reason for God. Can I make it top four? Last one, please. <laughs> Last two, then do it, then do it. It's Israel's day. It's Israel, it's um, your day. Quick Israel. door, quick door. So the second the third joy. one, jokes, jokes, absolute jokes. <laughs> <laughs> the third one is um and I'm gonna put this there, although for I think significant is the book called by Judith Wallerstein. Wallerstein is called The Unexpected Legacy of Divorce, mm. the 25 year landmark study. 
Okay, that actually leads very well to what we're going to move on to. Not divorce, the opposite of divorce, marriage. Uh, <laughs> so, but, but yeah, that, that was significant last... because it woke me up to the reality of humans and their brokenness. It's not a theological book. It's like mm, just okay. pure sociological study. What is, like it just, objectively speaking, what is the impact of divorce on children? That's the, that's the, oh, that's wow. the, that's, that's the, really yeah. good that's the study. And it looks at children, adult children and from all ages. It's looking at a whole generation. So when, well, yeah, so when, yeah. so it basically it, it took like, I think 200 people who had experienced divorce and then who were children of divorce, mm-hmm. who were either five, 10, 15, 25, and then came back to them 25 years later and re-interviewed them. Oh, wow. To see how And so some of them were, were 25 when their parents got divorced and are now 50. Some were five. Well, the five doesn't really work. They were like 10. And then now they're... 35. 35. Yeah, exactly. And things like that. And it just really was so... Like, it really showed how... Like, life is hard. I feel that's what I took away from you. Like, yeah. life is really hard. Mm. And humans struggle. Yeah. Um, and you need to give so much grace to people because the ways people are is shaped by so many things that they don't even control. Mm-hmm. Like so much of our lives is just things happen to us. Yeah. Um, and I think I grew up in the time where you are what you do. Like it's because you sinned, it's because you did that. It's because, And I never heard of the reality that part of who you are is because of what happened to you yeah. and what you didn't mm. control and the location you came from. Nurture and, as well yeah, as nature. And, yeah. Mm. And just being, because obviously sinner, you're reading the stories and it's sinners. heartbreaking yeah, yeah. Yeah. that people who were 10 and had no idea what divorce even meant are now still, even at the age of 35, still dealing, dealing with, with that yeah. and trying to yeah. heal from that. Um, and that was just, it humanized people for me, especially at a time when I was very heady and um, mm. objective, mm. just brought life to yeah. real. And the last one that I want to mention is Divided by Faith by Michael Emerson and Christian Smith. And that thing, I think for me, that finally worked me onto the reality of social justice. Um, okay. <laughs> and and uh, I might buy that it, helped, it helped to understand the race dynamic and okay. um, why traditionally black folk think differently to white folk mm-hmm. in terms of like individualism versus communitarianism, mm-hmm. which I instantly saw, especially as a black person. I was like, yeah, black folk just assume you're doing it for the community. Like my parents were like, you don't get to make a decision by yourself. Mm. This is a community decision. It takes yeah. a community but to But I child. grew up in the London where... Where you... are we working? <laughs> <laughs> Listen, we all went to medical school when I went to medical school. Facts. Like, that's, that's why they wanted is. you to graduate. There's no... There's no that's, that's so they could all be doctors. <laughs> and obviously, in, I, was growing up in a, I was growing up in two cultures where one is very individualistic, the other is very communitarianist. communitarianist. And I struggle to understand why my parents are so adamant on that. But I realised, actually... There is a history of black people thinking in terms of community. But I grew up in a Western world where you you get to be your own person. Where individualism yeah. is. And so it brought me to a middle place where I need to understand that actually both are true and both are aspects of the human experience. So I still need to be an individual, but now I start to think more about what it means to do things for the community. So even mm. part of my desire to want to do a PhD is actually that I want to do a PhD for every black person. Like, mm. like you know, like as in, I need, I'm, I'm, I'm starting to appreciate my parents' angle of Think about how what you do affects people. Like Ben Carson affected so many black people. Yeah, legacy. Mm. Like, you know, the amount of, because he went to John, he was at John Hopkins University. And if you go on the website and you listen to the amount of black people who are in John Hopkins Medical School because of Ben Carson. Yeah. Mm. Like he, he, he wasn't just a neurosurgeon for himself or even just for his family. He, he was a neurosurgeon then. for the black community in America. Mm. And I would say in the world because he affected like me. Excellence. 
yeah, yes. so I started to appreciate that so much more. Mm. Um, so yeah. that was, that, I'll, put, I'll put that as probably the fourth one, yeah. Okay. So you're, you're going to seminary, but mm. also within the year, you're going to get married as well, Lord willing. Yes. So what do you hope to achieve in marriage? <sighs> oh, wow. Um, <laughs> oh, wow, in marriage. I hope, well, I hope to, to love well. Mm-hmm. Um, mm. to what, what an awful first answer. <laughs> <laughs> Is it what, what? What a first answer. I hope to love well. Rich is yeah. going to text his wife now like, I love you. <laughs> I love you, queen. I hope you love, I hope I love you well. Um, <laughs> nah, I, need to say I, I think, it's better. Like, <laughs> I say this also, obviously as someone who's only engaged and not married. Okay. But I fully think, two. Um, huh? Fully two. Do you remember what we used to say yeah. all the time? Fully oh, two. Yeah. <laughs> we used to say back in the day, fully two, you're still fully two. Yeah, yeah. up until the I do. Uh, up until, and then you're one. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I hope to love all be- in, in terms of just understanding that marriage really calls you to to give up your life um, for the sake of another person mm-hmm. um, and just to pull you out of your own constant need for self-interest and self-centeredness um, and yeah and <laughs> so that's yeah I hope, I hope to love well to be sacrificial but also to build a new life together I, to realise that actually what marriage is is that it's two lives becoming one, and it w- so in a very real sense it will not look like anything that I think it will look like. Nor should it. Yeah. If it's done well, it shouldn't look like what I currently envision because a whole other person <laughs> is going to have a huge say and form a huge part of that marriage. Um. So I ho- so by I hope that I can look back on it and know that um we indeed did walk life together, um, that we loved each other mm. and created something entirely new. And I'll never forget R.C. Sproul's words, which is what I want our marriage, hey Rachel, to be shaped by. <laughs> um, he said, what is the most important day in a, mar- in a, in a marriage? Glory. What, what is the most important day in a marriage? Are you asking me? Yeah. What is the most Christ, important when, day in when a marriage? Comes no, in church. your so you're in, 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 in a human marriage, what's the most okay, important day? Well, the day you get married. Well, I don't get you. Not the last day. How did it all end? Mm. And <laughs> you know, you, That's so, actually true. So you know, tries to give me a trick question. <laughs> no, but you know, my marriage ended. <laughs> don't mind him. Um and you know RC Sport, you know the way he does these yeah. things. He was like, What is the, and he's doing it? And he's like, in the final analysis. The last day, the way it all ends. And I was just like, because my 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 sport, my gut reaction was like, the wedding. And I was like, that's just the beginning. Like, and obviously the yeah. wedding is important. Don't get me wrong, the wedding is important. But he was like, at the end of the day, the most important day in the we- in, of the marriage is looking back and, and seeing what has been created. And he was like, if you always have this in mind and in view in your marriage, you'll be always pushing closer and closer to the ideal. If you're always thinking, what do I want to say on that last day, whether I or her go away or whatever it is, what do I want to say about the marriage? on that last day of the marriage and so i'm starting to think that what do i want to say and i want to be able to say that we loved each other well that we were um an image of what it looks like to sacrifice yourself for another person yeah. mm. that we put each other above our you know our being yeah and our yeah. career yeah. progression and our and and like just things that like that and um we were witnesses to others and we were role models to others. And even now for, my, for myself, like we were, we were an example of a healthy black couple to mm. lots of black um, boys and girls all over our <coughs> city or yeah. the world, whoever we got to influence. We show them that it's possible um, to be a black couple who are married and to love each other well 
um, to raise a family well and so on. Yeah. Um, excited to be wedding, sorry. <laughs> and how, how many groomsmen are you having? Eight. eight. And what do you admire? Okay, you have eight. I'm not yeah. going to do eight. Because <laughs> I'm gonna say, what do you mind about most of your groomsmen or each um, groomsmen? But you can, I, I think will, you can, so, you so can keep it are, general. There are, there, I'll, I'll do like two sentences for each. Okay. So I do want to get through all of them, um, but I also recognize that I haven't asked each and every one of them yet. Okay. So keep it general in terms of what yeah. the for the ones that you things. haven't mentioned. So I, will, I, I won't mention their names. Yeah, keep because it. Because they're yeah. listening to this. They might be crying. Um, Actually, boys don't cry. So they don't tend to huh? ignore me. Jesus Sorry, that was toxic, my dear. Jinx. <laughs> Toxic best man um i would say um his intentionality um to give himself to other people i've really been struck about how he will actually like really plan his life and structure his life and think how can i keep in contact with this person how can i continue mm. to further the relationship with this person and actually thinking about those ways and i mean we, we would have conversations where he'd be like hey um let's take this space out to actually build our relationship together and so on and so forth. And that intentionality is just inspiring mm-hmm. um, because it really challenges me. Like, am I being intentional? Am I really thinking about what it means to form healthy, um, loving relationships with other people, um, male friendships, so on and so forth. Um, I'm just going to go grooms. I'm just going to say yeah, groomsman, groomsman number one. No, I was just going to say, just for the groomsman, do the groomsman generally. Yeah. The groomsman generally. Yeah, yeah. just generally. Just traits that you like about them in general. You can think through them okay. in your head, but just say a few sentences in general. Um, hard working, like super diligent, um, and just ready to put in the effort in the long view. And the stuff that they produce is always done really well. Um, loving. Uh, I want to mm. preach, but I'm, I'm actually really gonna like yeah. Um. So just being being willing to to put their life on hold, hmm. to be there for other people in seasons of difficulty, which is actually really hard. Mm-hmm. Like to really say, you know, I'm gonna actually pause my life at this point for someone else, um, is really hard. Especially in this culture where you're told, you know, you are priority yeah. of your life every every single time, mm-hmm. um, and that's really admirable. Um, committed to. Black power, black <laughs> excellence, black this enterprise. Su- this guy sounding like Uma Johnson. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna lie, that Grinsman must be dummy. <laughs> anyway, fight the power. <laughs> fight the power. <laughs> oh man. Ah, uh, um, humility. Um, just really never putting himself out there and always allowing others to take the the front center stage. Um. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And that's why concluding, I got a couple, a few couple questions left. What are five values that make up Israel Kalade? Oh gosh. You know what? You asked a brilliant question because I have an actual answer. I've been processing this with my um, counselor. Who processes this kind of stuff? I don't. I... Who's your counselor, please? Your um, um, your bay. Nah, I have a. Oh gosh, I have a, I have a, I have a coach, counselor. Okay. Counselor. I need a counselor in my life to be honest. Um, you have your wife. Um, uh, and help, so help me now. One, one of, one of <laughs> jokes. One of the sessions was on um like vision because I I spent a lot of time talking about like what do I want to do, what do I want to be in life. Me and my wife do actually process this. Um and and I narrowed it down to five verbs. Oh wow! So you have got an answer for this question. Yeah. So th- this is what I 
this is what I value and I want to value. And this is what I want to... Essentially, I want this to be the thing that people mention in my eulogy. Okay. Like, these five things he actually did for me. Let me, write, down now. Let me, let me um, write down now. The so first one is um, love your family. Mm. So I want to be someone who loves um, well and and loves... Yeah, loves my family. And that and that for me, which has really been, really been hard and I'm really trying to be more intentional with my immediate family right now, mm-hmm. um, my future family with Rachel and um, by God's grace, any children that um, we are blessed to have mm. um the second one is serve the church mm. um mm. and i leave i i, I like that verb because i leave i think it leaves it broad enough to not get captivated by job titles or like position yeah but just say wherever god lands me even like even if i never end up becoming a pastor which is like it happens to still say that i still want to serve the church mm-hmm. um third is train up leaders especially Christian leaders. Um, and that isn't just in terms of like, again, I would like for that to include things like, you know, being a seminary, prof- seminary professor, for example. But that's just being a role model at the very basic level. Mm. Um, and um, being someone who's influencing in. those who are coming after me. Mm. Um, so being intentional that I am leaving a legacy and I want to leave people better off. I want to be a Ben Carson for someone else mm. kind of thing. Um, a Tim Keller for someone else. Yeah. Israel Keller. I mean, Israel Keller. <laughs> fourth, fourth is. Uh, I should change his name anyway. Jokes. I Rachel, watch Israel out. Changing Jokes. his name. Ah, uh, like, watch I out. I did have a season where I wanted to change my last name. To that was when I had. Um, no, no, that was my. That was my my anti-blackness moments where there's real issues. I had there. To, yeah. Let's w- move on. Was that Latina Berea times? Uh, <laughs> yeah. By the way. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> are you gonna say? Israel like, Rodriguez. Are we gonna, <laughs> are we gonna explain what? what? <laughs> Basically, yeah. <laughs> we recently heard. Yeah, wow. because just in. It's all coming out now. We were recently informed that when Israel was much, much younger. Much. Much, much younger. Younger. Apparently, allegedly, he desired to marry a Latino. He desired to go to America and marry a Latino yeah. girl or a Filipino Hence why we said Latino Berea. Because that's what it is. But, of course... He did, don't get me wrong, he did get punished for a while. Yeah, we, <laughs> so you don't need to do it anymore. I've paid my penitence. Yes, he has. He has. Anyway, back to Black Mirror. Um, so that was your third. That yeah. was your yeah. third. Fourth one is uh, um, empower the black community. Okay. So I want to be a lot more intentional in that. with that. Um, like mentoring black boys. Yeah. Um, I think Teach Fest has really played a huge part in doing that. So I don't want people to think this is just like I read an article and I got really, you know, all excited about some social justice thing. I think just actually seeing black boys look up to me, yeah, in the classroom every day. I was like, this is this is. I want to do this. Like, I want to mentor black boys. I want them yeah. to see an alternative to the ridiculous, gang banging rappers they listen to on YouTube. Yeah, like I want them to know that there's more and there's better opportunities, and they have freedom to choose and to be to become great in whatever they are choose good at. Do. You know, yeah, yeah. yeah. And what and so on. And the last one is. Um, strengthen civic society. Um, You're going to explain what mm. civic and so and so by strengthen c- civic society, I mean, like I want to be. So I'm trying to remember the verbs. I want to be um, someone who is involved, who's who's active in the community. Okay. Um, who? So I don't want people to think this is just like you know, anti anything that's not black. Although I have a special heart for the black community, um, I am still part of this world and. I live in a still a very diverse London and I still want to be involved in strengthening the bonds between different ethnic groups, different local areas, wherever that may take. 
and I think this is partly because I've had interest in politics, for example, and stuff like that, but I've never really felt like I could really fully go into it. So I feel like I had to create a space where, who knows, I could do something in politics or even just do something in the community organizing or... Okay. Um, but something that allows me to say that I'm actively involved in my local community, helping people where they can um, and giving myself to that group. And knowing that when I leave a city, in some, in some shape or form, You've the, left the society is stronger yeah mm. um because of something i did mm. yeah so love love the family love my family serve, serve the, church. the church um train up leaders empower empower the black community strengthen, strengthen civic society yeah i'm gonna take that. that's that's Thanks. interesting I, I guess you've almost answered it in one sense but then if you could sum it up and say you wanted to leave one particular legacy what would it be mm. Um, leave leave people better than they than I found them. Mm. I think that's the core of it. I really teased that out of my. And that's the core of the gospel, huh? And that's at the heart of the gospel. Yeah, like I want, like, and I, and obviously I target different spheres from family to the church to um, the black community to society at large, stuff like that. But I really just I want to be someone who I enter the space and people are better for it. Mm. Um, yeah, bro. I I must admit, like very thankful to have interviewed you today but on behalf of Black Berea you've definitely left us better than you found <laughs> that us that was so sweet <laughs> oh my goodness you know. um, no but no, genuinely like mm. listeners I'm sure the listeners would agree you've genuinely left us all better and we genuinely appreciate your service mm. towards us we know you haven't left Israel's not actually left Black Berea <laughs> yeah he's still part of Black Berea Israel's still gang gang but obviously <laughs> not, not the gang banging gang gang like gang, gang as Gabby would say but you know what I mean yeah but he's like he's gang gang in the sense of Christian gang gang um, <laughs> but yeah yeah honestly like you've been you've been very impactful for us and, and so this would uh, we, we, we will miss you dearly um, mm. we will all go and I, I probably vow this we will all go and study Keller so that we sound smarter yeah um because we'll be missing some real uh, some real fountain of knowledge um but yeah honestly bro like you're genuinely um an inspiration to us and a blessing to us as well so thank you for for allowing us to interview and to probe your mind and yeah. like honestly like this sorry if there's any mm. um pts like since mumsy did what she did in Niger, but like <laughs> she left you no that's all good <laughs> But um, oh. but no, yeah. Honestly, the hustle bro. is the hustle is the hustle. Honestly, bro, I've and she got this. you back. So. Yeah, yeah, she yeah. Got yeah. you back. So yeah, that's yeah. love. Yeah. No, thank you so much, Israel. Um, as we're closing the season, mm-hmm. I know that there is a desire for us to have a new series mm-hmm. whilst we're away officially as Black Berea mm-hmm. to kind of do about the church. So Israel, do you kind of wanna? That's kind yeah, of like so Israel's side project kind of thing. So this is my like going away gift um, to Black Berea and to all of you listeners who have. Um, been so committed to listening and to anyone who has just happened to listen for the first time um we're gonna take a mini break and then we're doing a four-part series titled the church before the watching world um and it springs out of like a really springs out of francis schaefer who talks about um the witness of the church before the watching world and what that looks Mm. like and it really tries to answer the question of what is the what is the place of the church right now um, as the world has lots of questions it asks it. So for example, why are you guys even here? What is your relevance? Mm. Um, what are you doing in the community? You know, people ask questions like, there's lots of money going to the church and they waste it. Why do we still commit? Like, you know, why does the church exist? Yeah. Mm-hmm. In lots of different ways. Why does it exist as an institution? Why does it exist as a community? What is its point in this local area? 
So it really tries to answer that question, um, what is the church trying to do? What does the church want to be? Um, and so we have four parts to this series. We interview, the first three are interviews, where we interview church leaders and Christian organization leaders mm-hmm. about mm-hmm. Um, what the church is doing, both as an institution, so like this literal church building with like a pastor and yeah, yeah, congregation, yeah. but also ch- church in sense of Christians in a organization that's has a specific goal of doing something in the community and empowering um, people or um, really engaging society. And the last part is on is a panel discussion where essentially the future of the church is discussed with regards to London in particular. So I should also say, yeah, all four parts are contextualized to London mm. um, just to make it more grounded. So we do talk about, you know, the theoretical sort of like abstract ideas but we also want to show what that looks like for a literal church, for example, in Brixton. What does that actually look like for that church that you're going to walk past yeah. tomorrow in Brixton? Yeah. Um, and so we hope that it blesses you, that it helps you understand if you're not a Christian, why we believe what we believe and think we actually play a vital role in this city. Um, and if you are a Christian, I hope it leaves you thinking, this is why we're here mm-hmm. and, uh, and encouraged and inspired to be more Christianly because you understand that you do have an ongoing relevance and need that needs to be met in this city. And I, I assume you'll still be writing as well. Um, yes. So I hope to, I think the majority of what I hope to be doing through Black Purity will be to write. Um, I also want to just practice my writing while I'm in seminary. So I think that'll be a good avenue to do that because I have to write as part of my course. Yeah. But I also will be reading a lot and processing, I think, writing will be a good outlet to hone that skill yeah 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 oh well, yeah. we look forward to it yeah look forward mm. to it. and if we do have any other writers in terms of anyone who writes mm. please send us articles yes, at yes, yes. gmail.com we're always looking to publish new articles we published one recently which written by our dear richard about motherhood mm. was not what i expected it to be which is mm. one of my favorite articles actually just been on the website um yeah and so if anyone's got any other articles please send it to us also if you have feedback, as well yeah. yeah if you have requests please send yeah it to if you've us. got Some a question here, like, right yeah because we we <laughs> actually um with someone actually asked a question about the trinity yeah you? we actually wrote an article yeah, and we, it, so. so if if you have a legit question that you feel like needs proper responding to we will respond to it yeah as yeah. an article yeah, yeah. if we and, can yeah and uh, feedback, topic suggestions. <laughs> we're planning things for <laughs> if we can. We're planning things for the future in terms of different um, mini series we want to mm. do. So Even different again, events if you yeah, can. So, if yeah, you can, tell like, us an like, email. Yeah. Keep your eyes out. Keep mm. it peeled. peeled. Keep mm. your eyes peeled. Mm. But no, mm. thank you so much again for everyone that listens, that supports us, that comes to the live events, that tweets us, that messages us on Facebook and Instagram. We really do appreciate um, all the support. We're always encouraged when people are going on our website and looking at church uh, resources and and yeah, just growing in the faith we're just so encouraged that's basically the heart behind black barrier really kind of lifting up the local church mm. and then seeing um christians grow and serve in their local churches so yeah thank you so much for listening uh this has been mary richard israel this is black barrier mary please say my name cheers <laughs> <laughs> oh